0: 2024 cff i can't wait to see you there
1: welcome to BizHelp help for you with host candy messer entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture like profitability success and a smooth running organization there always seems to be those little things like taxes Employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now,
2: you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here is your host, Candy Messer.
1: Hello, and welcome to BizHelp for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Challenges During COVID and Moving Forward in 2021 informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, a link is located on my YouTube and Facebook pages, as well as links for iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to us at media at Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Whether you are a speaker or not, There's no doubt that we all have expertise that can leave an impact in the world once it's shared. As the founder of Get Speaking Gigs Now, Lisa Reed mentors business professionals and entrepreneurs who want to make an impact and ultimately attract their ideal clients through speaking. As a speaker herself, Lisa has successfully booked and delivered over 500 speaking engagements, in her book, Get Speaking Gigs Now, she shares her seven system, her seven step system to getting booked, staying booked, and attracting your ideal clients through speaking. To learn more, you can visit her website at speak, getspeakinggigs.com. Actually, we'll have you share that at the end as well, especially because I flubbed it up there a little bit. But anyway, right. we're not perfect, right? <laughs> no, that's great. So, so I wanted to um, just say thanks thank for being you. on our show again, though, too. You were a guest previously when I had my show, just audio. Now, of course, we're doing video. Um, but I'm so glad yeah. that you're joining us and talking about this topic again. But for those who hadn't heard that interview in the past, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you actually got into speaking? Sure. Well,
2: you know, Candy, I think i I always knew I wanted to be a speaker of some sort. I was never shy in terms of speaking up in school as a little kid. And, but really it came down to teaching. I I really enjoy teaching and passing on knowledge and, and helping shepherd other people along. And so if I have a, a solution to a problem that they are trying to solve, that's where the, that's where the magic really happens. And my first speaking engagement was when I was in, middle school, I was giving a talk on seatbelt safety to the entire junior high school. Not the most exciting topic for, for kids to hear about, but I actually had a speaking coach and my dad was my coach and we set up a meeting and he helped me figure all of the things out with my fellow student. We were giving it together and made it funny and really enjoyed it. And then there were a lot of other signs along the way, but ultimately I ended up becoming a professional speaker when I was 40 years old. So somewhere between the age of 12 and 40, I was like, wait, what, how can I, how can I, how can I be a speaker? And I was hired as a speaker for productive learning, which is a personal development company. And I still work with them today. And it opened up my eyes to a whole nother level of how you can make it fun to market your business and to help people. And then people started asking me, how did you get all those gigs? Like, what did you do? How did you, so it was funny because my business get speaking gigs now wasn't the original intent. Mm. And I started to see there was a problem that I was finding solutions for, but other speakers weren't knowing how to get on more stages. They didn't know how to get their talk ready to rock. They just were, kind of on their own. And I realized if I actually put some pieces together for them and taught them what I was doing, they would be able to have some success in getting their message across.
1: Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, and that leads you to having shared, you know, with other people helping us as well, learn how to be that speaker, which <laughs> it's great when yeah. you can take what you've learned and, and help others as well. So Taking what you have learned, actually, can you tell us what's the number one secret to getting booked and staying booked as a speaker?
2: Well, it's interesting. I stumbled across this and just, you're a great networker, so you'll understand this, Candy. Really the best way that, that I have found to get a lot of speaking engagements is to network with other speakers. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people would think, well, that's my competition. Actually, no, no, not at all. In fact, they're your greatest allies Mm -hmm. because let's say there's a, there's an organization like a chamber or a networking group or an association of some sort that has a speaker once a month. They are not going to have the same speaker there every single month because the members want to learn different things, you know? Right. So if you align with that other speaker, other speakers, they might be able to share their resources with you and you, your resources with them right. and that's where it can really be fun to partner up with other business uh, professionals. Right. In this case, they're
1: Well, not only that, you're talking on different things too. I mean, there's so many different topics that people can present on. And, you know, I'm going to talk on one type of thing. You're going to talk on a different type of thing. There might be someone talking about nursing or something. One talking about digital marketing or something. You know, there's like so many different topics.
2: Yeah, especially in the business world. I mean, you need, sometimes you need mindset support. (laughs) Sometimes you need accounting and bookkeeping support. Sometimes you need legal uh expertise or marketing expertise, but then even marketing, any of those topics actually are quite broad. Right. Um, you know, depending on how what what angle you're going to go into. But like if marketing could be social media, could be website, could be search engine optimization, could be speaking, could be like all these different things. It's right. not just one one thing. Exactly. Well I think
1: a lot of people are probably gonna think that speaking is you know, on the stage in front of an audience and we know that's not really happening right now. So is it true even now what you're saying in terms of how to get booked and what you're gonna teach us, is it all gonna still apply with what's happening now with the pandemic or do things need to change
2: slightly because of
1: how things are happening?
2: You know, things change slightly, but I'll tell you, it's actually for the better in this instance. In this, I mean, certainly there's been a lot of changes um, that are probably not for the better for, for quite a few folks in this mm-hmm. age. Um, but one change that is positive, because it's always nice to find a silver lining in any right. obstacle or challenge. And that is that if you were thinking about speaking, but were maybe concerned about getting on a flight or booking a hotel or renting a car or you know going outside your area because of time, maybe kids at home or whatever, what other responsibilities you have, you no longer have that obstacle, those obstacles in your way. In fact, I just gave a talk to a group in Connecticut uh, last week, and prior to that, you know, since. Since the pandemic, I have spoken over fifty times virtually in the last several months, and that's large in part because I don't have to go anywhere. I <laughs> I can now all of a sudden my reach is is limitless, mm-hmm. and that's the same for my clients. They're able to now refer back and forth. Like I've got you know one clients in New Jersey, ones in California. Now guess what? They get to combine their resources and really start to expand their reach across the country Mm -hmm. instead of and there's no issue of the car and the hotel and the flights and the you know the time the time candy the time spent traveling to different places is not an issue right so now more than ever it's it's prime time to use speaking as a way to get to market for your Mm -hmm. clients
1: so if someone wants to become a speaker and you know they're not really sure you know what's happening and they're just seeing you know well there's just so many obstacles that are in my way you know what would you tell them like are the obstacles that they face and how would they overcome those obstacles?
2: Well, typically what I one of the biggest obstacles I see is that they're still working on their talk right. We mm. as individuals there are certain things of course if you're not used to doing something maybe you're not it's not your Top expertise, you've never created a talk before, or maybe you've created one, but you don't know if it's, you know, any good. That mm-hmm. that would be an opportunity for self-doubt to start creeping in. And and this is a common thing I'll hear with speakers and they're or newer speakers, and they're working on the talk and working on the talk and working on it, working on it, working on it. And I have to tell you, Candy, it doesn't take that long to cut up to come up with a great talk, right?
1: right. It
2: doesn't mean that it's not going to evolve over time, but where I really come in is helping uh, a person go get clear on the direction that they're gonna go. Who are they gonna be speaking in front of? Like who's their ideal audience? What do those people wanna know? Like what problems do they have or trying to solve? And where can you confidently funnel down your years and years of expertise into a bite sized servable, valuable 30 minutes, right? Like how can you really get across all of your brilliance without overfeeding that audience and still giving them an opportunity to reach out and and connect with you further. And those are the pieces that I look for because a lot of times that's where a person can get, you know, can get tricky. Like you've been in accounting and bookkeeping for so, so long. The things that you know about are super obvious to you, right. but that's not obvious to somebody else. So you might not see the the golden nuggets in there. You know what I mean? You might think, well, everyone right. kind of knows what they're supposed to do, no, they don't. So that's where I really come in and say, no, this is really valuable. And then we can copyright it to where it sounds attractive that someone would actually want to hear that and say, oh, we'd love to have you come in come and do this. So that's one of the big obstacles is just really deciding what I'm going to speak on, how can I monetize it? And how can it be valuable for the audience? Right. Um, so another, I mean, there's a, lot, there's a few obstacles, but that would certainly be one of them. It's just even like, let's just put our stake in the ground and figure out what is it you're going to talk about. And that's why mm-hmm. I do um, my sessions called Get Your Talk Ready to Rock. I have a boot camp called Get Your Talk Ready to Rock. And, and um, it's one of the modules in my academy because I know once we, we need to actually get that done and off your plate so that you can now go out and take that talk to market. You know, you've got to mm-hmm. have a product on the shelf.
1: <laughs> right. You have
2: a product right. on the shelf. It's really hard to get yourself booked.
1: Right. Well, I loved what you said earlier too about like don't overfeed them. Cause I know like when I first was putting presentations together and I was thinking like, okay, well, you know, I have these like 10 mistakes business owners make and you know what they can do to avoid them. And I was thinking like, Oh, I need to give them all this information. And then, later on realize like you probably in a talk maybe need to say like one or two things and really just discuss them in detail and then not worry about trying to give everything. And so I think that might be when someone is first starting out thinking like I have to give them all this content. So they feel that I'm like valuable or I'm an expert or things like that too. So, I mean, do you want to touch on maybe like when someone's going to put together their information, how they know, like how much to share, where it's enough, but not too much
2: yeah i wish i had like this exact uh (laughs) formula like to but that is actually one of the hardest parts about putting your talk together is knowing how much is too much and how much isn't is too little Mm -hmm. because you do there is that balance of absolutely serving you don't want it to just be empty like uh like a bag of potato chips (laughs) but you want it to have some substance like an appetizer like a small appetizer right like where it's like ooh, that was so tasty i can't wait to have more you know (laughs) I guess maybe I'm hungry. I don't know, Candy. <laughs> <laughs> so. um, but it is, I think you were onto something there. I usually tell people to focus on three key points. Now, mm-hmm. it's okay to have more than that. It's not that it's not a hard and fast rule, but three is a very digestible amount of content. For mm-hmm. someone who's just hearing you for the first time and maybe doesn't know anything about your industry or maybe has a layman's understanding, but is really looking for some nuggets, right? That's mm-hmm. enough to where they can, you can give them some action, takeaways, some, you know, things to, to consider, some resources possibly. It might come up in like a case study. You might give a concept and then say, here's, here's what like especially if you're visual, like if you're an interior designer or Mm -hmm. a web designer where you have like a before and after photos, like people like to go, well, what did you, what problems did you see? And then how did you fix them? Like people like to have the stories. So sometimes it could be a case study or it could be, I'm more of a workshop type of a speaker. I like to facilitate. So I'm like, have your pen and paper ready. Let me make this valuable for you right now. Go ahead and write down, you know, XYZ. What do you think about a B C and and then okay, come up, what'd you come up with? You know, I I I enjoy that kind of speaking, and mm-hmm. then it engages people. They're not just sitting there listening, right? They're they're getting value right then and there.
1: Make it interesting. So we started to talk about now. You know, yes, there are still speaking opportunities out there, even though like we're at home and like what you can do to start putting like your talk together and not being overwhelmed. So now someone has this and they're ready to start finding those opportunities. So what are a few strategies that they can like actually find those speaking clients or, you know, those businesses, the organizations, what would you say would be the strategies they should use to find those people?
2: Yeah. I, it's definitely first figuring out where your people are and you, this can be a strategic conversation where you're like, well, who are my best clients? Where do they go to any meetings? Where where would they hang out? And typically like um, a lot of times I'll have a coach, coaches who work with me, maybe life coaches who work with women. So it's like, okay, well then your clients or prospects might be at a women's group, right? Like there's lots of women's associations, women networking groups, things just for women, et cetera. So that would be like a low hanging fruit. Like let's try that first. Right another one of my clients is more in the business side of coaching and he works with men and women. So he's going to go, but he also speaks Spanish. Oh, okay. Yep. So he wants to go out and, and, and serve a Spanish speaking business community. So that's a really great market. I mean, wow, huge opportunity there. Right.
0: Because now right. we're
2: talking <laughs> of like a niche, a really great niche market that, that he can serve. So sometimes it's about, something unique that you have maybe your religion or your gender or the gender that you serve or an in, a, a niche industry um that that you can help like if you're a sales coach well then you could go to associations that serve salespeople, like insurance associations or well really any
1: mm-hmm.
2: business owner type of association because you have to usually sell if you own your own business or you have a sales team, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, it's really kind of backing it out and going like, okay, well, where do I, who do I serve and where are they hanging out? That's where you're going to start first. And then we create a strategy around that.
1: Okay. So what is the most important mental shift then that the speakers can make today to get more invitations to speak?
2: Well, I would definitely say don't, wait. And that's the the mindset shift. The mental shift is there's a lot of times I've been hearing lately, people say, well, I'm going to wait and see if this calms down. I'm just going to wait till things get back to normal. And I think we've all realized at this point that Mm -hmm. we, you know, what we're up against right now. And it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, this is what we're, this is now we Mm -hmm. have this. And so instead of waiting for things to change back, It's like looking at your opportunities that you have now, like Facebook live, like YouTube videos, like having your own podcast, like, like this show, having your, I have a video talk show as well. I call it my COVID baby that I started, you know, in April (laughs) and learning a new technique of how you want to speak. You could do that. So there are more ways to Sunday. I even just saw a, a training about TikTok videos and how entrepreneurs are using TikTok. So There's just no excuse. So if you're saying you're gonna wait, then I would ask that other question behind that. Like, what are you waiting for? Are you worried or scared? Or what is it that you're resisting? What do you think is gonna happen? And really dive into that Mm -hmm. because it's not about the opportunity. There's tons of opportunities to speak right now. It's about something else that's maybe keeping you hidden or keeping you safe. And sounds like a really good reason to not do this thing, but man. I see so many people out there speaking and sharing their voice and you just got to do it.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, you just
2: got to start when I had one gal ask me, she was well, when, when would I be ready? I'm like, you're, you are ready when you start. That's when you're ready. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I think it's fear though,
1: too, you know, fear of getting in front of people and not having it perfect. But like you said, yeah. no one has to be perfect, but we all want to be right. You know, so that's probably a part of
2: Well, and yeah, and I think it's really depends on what that, that's a, such an individual story, right? Like, that's why I said, you know, really ask yourself what, this is kind of that, that moment of truth for yourself. It doesn't, you don't have to tell anyone about it, but what is the real reason Mm -hmm. that I've been using to not get out there and speak? And then you can go down that rabbit hole. Oh, well, well, I don't really know how to get started. Okay. Okay. All right, well, am I willing to look at some resources to do that? I mean, it's po- is it possible that I could get started? Yeah. What else might be holding you back? And just put all the cards out on the table. Right. Like, well, I'm scared I'm going to look foolish. Okay, well, mm-hmm. what, what do I think I'm going to do that will make me look foolish? I'm scared I'm not going to get it perfect. Okay, well, what would happen if, know, where did that fear come from? So, I mean, it's, the fears not going to go away if you just ignore it. It's right. like telling you to look, look into that fear. Mm -hmm. so if speakers could have one wish then what do you think that wish would be i think they just want to be on stages virtual or otherwise speaking like they just want to be speaking right
1: Mm
2: -hmm. i I know i do like hey i'll you know show me the audience where is this microphone on you know (laughs) bring people to me so i can teach them you know that's a that's kind of a common wish that speakers have and so what I do is I try to make it easier for that to happen. And I try to make it easier for that to happen more often for speakers, because yes, there is a lot of behind the scenes stuff. You, there is the scheduling and the details of, you know, selecting dates and prospects and things like that. But the the gold, the real fun part is, is something like this, where you get to actually help people and serve. Mm-hmm. So having all that other stuff be easier and fun that's really um, my goal. And to, to minimize the amount of admin work, to minimize the amount of cold calling, and all those other things that you know, most people don't really enjoy anyway. But certainly, speakers are not huge fans of admin and cold calling and cold emailing, right? We just right. want to be out there people.
1: Right, especially the people people, right, who just enjoy the interaction, yeah. but not necessarily the stuff that it takes to get that interaction.
2: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like the talent. We're the talent, you know. And, uh you know, that might come in a form of, you know, having a, a virtual assistant or having an employee to help you, or it might come in the form of, you know, managing your time in a certain way. But I like to really make my time uh, be very valuable and most and know when I, it's an easy yes or an easy no. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I pass on to my clients. Like, if you're able to get referrals with other speakers and do that really easily, that's a lot more fun than cold calling and right. searching. That question you had asked me earlier, but like, well, how would you find the gigs? I'm like, you could trip over them and there's so many. I mean, honestly, if you want to speak one, once or twice a month, that's like a slam dunk shooting fish in a barrel goal. <laughs> but you have to actually ask and right. why don't we make it easy for you? You know, so there's some things you have to have in place. Mm-hmm. So if someone,
1: Is starting, you know, and is is speaking. There probably is a mistake or two that they're making, even though they were saying go out there and do it, and you know, don't worry, you you know, Mm -hmm. you don't have to be perfect. But what are some mistakes that someone might be making that maybe you want to give them a tip on how to improve?
2: Yeah, I definitely think, and I hope our connection's okay right now. I definitely am a huge fan of that. What we were talking about in the beginning is get your talk ready to rock and have Mm -hmm. something. I'm a huge fan of putting that stake in the ground. Like if you are going to claim that you're a speaker, the very next question someone is going to ask you is, oh, well, what do you speak on? Mm -hmm. And if you do not have that ready to go and and answerable, it's going to affect your confidence you know, right. and you're probably not going to say to everyone, oh, I'm a speaker, I'm a speaker, if you don't have a topic ready to go, so that's why I start with that, just so that it's like, we have something, sure, it might change as we go along the way, but at least you have something that we've created together that is yours, and it makes sense, and it's monetizable, and we have it done, right, so, so we start with that, and I think that's one of the mistakes I see a lot of speakers make, is that they've maybe spoken before, because we're all, speaking like right now we are speaking we're communicating and sometimes people will misconstrue uh that they've actually had a public speaking ex- uh, exposure experience with what i'm talking about is really you're utilizing speaking as a way to market your business without being salesy right without mm. you're attracting your clients by sharing solutions and And there's a strategy behind it and people are not born selling from stage. So that's when I see a lot of speakers forget to do that part, forget the call to action part, forget they run out of time, you know, and so there are some key ways that you can practice. Like right now in my academy, uh, my uh, members are going through and actually delivering their talks to each other and getting feedback and it has to include the introduction, their whole presentation, their PowerPoint, and their call to action. And then they get feedback in a really safe environment and they get to tweak it instead of making those mistakes in front of a big audience of their perfect prospect clients, <laughs> they get to do that with each other. And then we're what we're always doing is like increasing the odds of success and decreasing that risk of failure, right? So like how can we how can we move you towards that success.
1: Right. So I guess there's these myths out there too. When you're going to start, you hear, you know, this is going to happen or that's not going to happen, you know? So maybe what are some of those myths that people may have heard that maybe make them question themselves as a speaker that you could touch on as well?
2: Yeah, I think some of the myths are that, um, you know, you're gonna make a million dollars right away for <laughs> the speaker, or you're gonna, you know, you've never had any experience, off. but <laughs> you're gonna be a 6 figure earner. And I'm like, well, hold on, we just need, there's, there's. it's not that that couldn't happen. I'm, I'm sure that there, I'm gonna leave open that possibility for someone to have that experience. But typically, just like anything else, this isn't magic, you know, it still takes feet on the ground, figuratively or you know or realistically it takes practice it takes time to get your message crafted to practice dealing with all kinds of things that could go wrong today like you and I had a technical snafu well we've both done tons of zoom calls we've done tons of radio shows we've done things happen right but because we've had experience with it both of us combined we're like okay let's calmly figure out how we can solve this issue, right? And problem solve, and it doesn't completely derail. As a newer person, you could get thrown off and you could (laughs) give up because as a speaker, no one could do your push-ups for you. Like you're up there, (laughs) it's you, baby. (laughs) Nobody is gonna come say you're there. And if something goes wrong, it could, uh, totally derail your entire speaking, mm-hmm. vision, whole dream. Like you could go, oh, I'm that was too hard. I, I don't ever want to do that again. So I don't. That's not really a myth. I'm I'm getting off track, but but I think um, the myth is just that it's so easy and you could do it instantly. Right. You can do it, but there's still some work to be done and there's still lessons to learn. And that's, I'm I'm harping on this a little bit because I, when I crafted my academy, I created it so that I could fast track that for people. Mm-hmm. Like, let me share with you kind of the typical problems that happen, the the things that are most important that you get done so that you have the most success now, so that you don't have to learn the hard way. So that, but you still need to get the experience, but it's, it's at least it's fast-tracked. It's like, I call it an incubation period, like the first three months, like let's get this tackled so that when you go out there, you're not up against these other issues.
1: Right. Well, I think while you were talking too, it made me think of the fact that, you know, sometimes things go wrong when you're presenting, right? So, you know, maybe the microphone doesn't work or maybe something happens with your PowerPoint or, you know, it's there's going to be times where something might just happen. So do you want to touch on to what someone should do if they're about to speak or they are speaking and something goes wrong, how they can kind of go with the flow and still present even if things aren't happening the way they
2: expected? Yeah, I think you'll appreciate this quote from like the 80s where you, that deodorant commercial, never let them see a sweat kind of thing. (laughs) And um, another thing that I love about how I coach and what I'm aware of. is I've been through all this. Like I have seen it all. The electricity's gone out, the projectors blown up, the forgot this, or this person didn't bring that or whatever, Mm -hmm. super loud. No one can hear you. All the different kinds of things. One person showing up. I mean, oh my goodness. So many things could happen and go wrong when you are a speaker. And I am already aware that as a speaker, our anxieties are tend to be higher, Mm because you're vulnerable, like you're putting yourself out there. So it's all about, okay, how can we lower the anxiety, honestly, like, oh, lower it, and increase our certainty, increase the confidence. And one of the best things that I think can help with that is being prepared beforehand.
0: Mm -hmm. And
2: I know that sounds super simple. But I say it because I know that the human condition and human people... (laughs) (laughs) like sometimes wait till the last minute or they forget to prepare and then they get to the event and they're going oh whoops I guess I would I should have prepared oh where is this thing so I like to prepare my clients well beforehand and have them be prepared like I want you to be prepared for this for the electricity to go out for your powerpoint to fail for like all these things so that if any of that happens you're good you're good. Mm-hmm. you know, you're good. Like I, one time I used to take care of all my, I'd carry everything in my cart. You know, when I was out driving around doing live things, I would have everything. I would have an HDMI cable. I'd have a, a thumb drive, a batteries, clicker, paper, <laughs> markers, et, you name it, extra shoes, you know, extra <laughs> <laughs> record, depends. and, you know, but sometimes one thing would mo- get moved out for something else. And, you know, so an HDMI cord, uh, there was one time where, I needed one and I didn't have it, so it all worked out. Someone went and got one, but I knew even if she didn't go get it, I could give the presentation no problem. Right. I don't need the PowerPoint because I already had my notes, already had it in you know in my system where I could I could say it how I need to say it. So right, that can lower your anxiety so much if you just are prepared for everything to go wrong. I've had speakers because I host my own events. I've had speakers literally erase their entire hard drive in front of me. Like they have the PowerPoint and they're, because when we're nervous, we do things that don't make sense. Sometimes we do things that manifest the very reality we were worried about happening. I've seen it happen twice. The hard drive, done, gone. And I'm like, wow, I just saw the PowerPoint and now it's gone. (laughs) Oops. (laughs) (laughs) Not ideal. So for
1: someone who's thinking about starting and is, you know, potentially going to start networking with other speakers or, you know, reaching out to people they know that maybe are are part of organizations, like how long or what should they expect would be the amount of time it would take before they really start getting some interest or being able to do that? Because it's probably not that you're going to call someone and get booked today, you know, but like, what can you tell them about kind of what that process might look like, how long they should reasonably expect it to take really to start getting some of that information back? Is there really like kind of an average or is it just some can get booked quickly and some, it might take a while. Like I, you know, just for someone who's thinking like, Oh, it's going to take me six months or it might take me a week, you know, like, is there kind of an average in there that might help them be more realistic?
2: Yeah, it's 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 both average, and then there's different differences. There's highs and lows. So think of it like the bell curve. Mm-hmm. Uh, back before we were, everything was virtual. I would always say, don't expect something in the first three months. Like if you're if it's December, I'm not booking for January, February, and March. I'm booking now for April. Mm-hmm. Is probably going to be my soonest because you have to think as an organizer. You need to have these things in place. You don't just decide the week before that you're going to have a speaker on something, unless there was a last minute change. Right. Most organizations would have something already planned out on their calendar. Some plan the whole year out, like October hits. They've got the whole next year planned out. Like I've got for OC speakers network, I already have speakers through August, you know, (laughs) so, and it's December right now.
1: Right.
2: So so it kind of depends, but I, but what's interesting, Candy, is that since the pandemic, I have noticed it's, it's eked up. Like I've gotten bookings for the following month, way yeah. sooner than I have before when it was in person. And I don't know if it's just because they don't have to deal with travel and mm-hmm. more, you know, maybe less logistics, like here's a Zoom link. That's it. I'm, I'm not exactly sure why, or maybe everyone just kind of got yeah thrown off and didn't have their ducks in a row as quickly I'm not sure but I noticed that I would get booked a lot quicker interesting so I would yeah but I would still say could be, well don't you think too it could
1: be like at first like I think this is what happened even with our organization too at first we thought oh well we're not going to meet for the next like couple of weeks couple of months like depending what happens and then it just started to get longer and longer so then it was like well we need to get back to the norm so let's start
2: booking people again so do you think that could be part of it too i think that was definitely part of it in the you know maybe the summertime but even this last uh couple months ago i booked a talk in december and i was talking to her at the end of october
1: Oh, wow. So that's really
2: okay. like a month and a half in advance. And I was really surprised. I was like, oh wow. I thought for mm-hmm. sure we would be talking about next year. Yeah. So so either way, I would still say 90 days out is a realistic expectation. Most of the time you're not going to get booked for the next week or the next month. That's that's rarer. <laughs> and if it's like a once a year event, well, guess what? You're probably gonna get booked way in advance because they've already planned it out and they have to have the bigger the event. And if it's an annual event, there's usually um, more planning time. So that means you, you've you got to be on it way right. ahead of time. So it really depends on the types of events. Like if it's, a, if it's a weekly meeting that they invite speakers, you're probably more likely to be able to get in. If
0: mm-hmm. it's
2: monthly, well, guess how many months there are in a year, you've got 12 right. opportunities. To, <laughs> 12 slots available so which one which one do you want to try
1: Mm to? well I guess what I was thinking too was if they're starting their networking you know how long before they really start to get a response to oh you're a speaker like let's have a conversation and see if you might be a good fit for us because I would assume people need to kind of be seen and they're seeing over and over again you know like Oh yeah, that person is the one who talks on marketing. That one's the person who talks on, you know, bookkeeping, you know, things like that. So once they're out there and really like sharing who they are and what they talk about, is there like an average on that, on how long it really takes before, maybe from people that you've worked with before, kind of what they're saying their averages or your own experience about how long might it take before they're getting those calls or people are reaching out to them to book them.
2: Well, I think here's where I'm hearing how I do it a little bit different than, than what you're asking. I don't wait for people to call me Mm -hmm. to get booked. Mm -hmm. So I'm out there, I'm visible and I do get those calls and I do have people reach out, but that's not my only strategy. So if that's, if as a speaker, that's your only strategy, you might be waiting a long time, right? Like we don't know. So right. Just like anything, just like with your business, like you could be like, oh, I've got my, let me hang my shingle up and right. all the customers, come, you know, in. yes, customers are going to come in, but you also do that, you know, other kind of reaching out type of. Uh,
1: right. Type
2: so of- the point being, don't sit
1: at home waiting for your phone to ring. You should actually be doing some of the work in reaching out.
2: Yeah. And you can make it easier, like kind of back to what we were talking about before with the cold calling, like it doesn't need, right. I don't mean you need to hit the pavement and cold <laughs> call and cold email, right. but you could create strategic one-on-one conversations and you could mm-hmm. ask for specific referrals and then you could follow up with those referrals. And then, you know, all of a sudden the doors are open and the red carpets rolled out. Those are great. Those are great conversations. And they make it really easy for you to get yourself booked.
1: So I know you have a lot of expertise and you've taught, you know, a lot of people over the years. And so I'm sure you probably have something you would like to share with our listeners if they, you know, have a need. So would you like to share what that might be with us?
2: Oh, sure. I've got a couple of goodies. If you go to my website, which is Getspeakinggigsnow.com, which is gigs with a S because you want more than one, right? right? You want more than one gig. <laughs> you can get the five, excuse me, the five top tips to get more speaking gigs. You can just sign up for that right away. And that's right on the homepage. And you can also, if you are taking this to another level in terms of your seriousness, get on a call with me. You can book a free consultation. It's a speaker strategy session. And that way you and I can connect and I can find out where you are in your speaking journey, where you'd like to be, And if there's some resources that I can provide or you're, you know, a candidate for one of the programs that I offer, then we can, we can have that discussion as well. Mm
1: -hmm. Perfect.
2: And how
1: else can they reach you besides your website? Can they find you on social media? Should they give you a call? Like what are the ways they can reach you?
2: Yeah, definitely. um, LinkedIn is the best because Facebook I get the request and I can't see the context of the invitation so I don't like I don't know if we shouldn't be connected or not right. we LinkedIn I can you can you know write that little note so I've definitely go on LinkedIn my name is spelled a little bit different so I'm pretty easy to find it's Lisa Reed but it's l-e-i-s-a-r-e-i-d so E-I-E-I. Yeah. Oh.
1: <laughs> perfect Yeah.
2: Well, this has been
1: a great conversation. I'm glad that, you know, you were able to be, you know, my guest again and join us in sharing, you know, this information. So thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Candy. And I also want to thank the listeners for tuning in to the show. I hope you found this topic interesting and that it answered some of your questions about getting booked as a speaker. And if you have any additional questions or comments, feel free to reach out to Lisa at the information that she shared with you, her website or through LinkedIn, or you can reach out to us at media at a, b, and Again, that's media at A as an apple, B as in boy, the word and p as in paul.com. And would you please share this podcast information with those you know, would greatly appreciate your support. Next week's topic is the different types of insurance to protect your business. I hope you can join us for this show. And if you have any questions again, please reach out and connect with us. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abandp.com. You can also find this episode and others on Tune in, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week.
2: Thank you for listening to this help for you.
1: Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday. Have a terrific week.